Yes, and welcome to, or welcome back to, the home of good news, weird anecdotes from history, and hopefully a few jokes in the way. I'm Callum, and this is That's News To Me. Usually, we'll be inundated with good news, but due to that Jesus fella, a few people have taken a few weeks off. So, we've had to do a little bit more digging for your good news this week, but don't worry, we have found it. So, your weekly dose of good news is coming up. But if you would like to have a daily dose of good news, then you can always follow us on at That's News To Me pod on Instagram, where our producer Odin always gives you a daily dose of good news and it's very interactive as well. So if you want to get involved, then please check that out. In the meantime, what we need to do is introduce the person that is with me this week. He is bi, he likes a pie, and I hope he doesn't die. It's Buster. How are you doing today? And he can fly. <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I, I was sitting there, there was rye in my head, lie, I don't think you lie, so I couldn't even put that in. So Drinks rye. But, but you know, buy, pie and die. As a shy guy. Things that you, no, not really, are you? No, no, honest. probably not. No. No, I'm good. I've, I've had a nice uh, Easter weekend, feeling recharged. Didn't eat any Easter chocolate though, it's a bit going. No, still, neither, still dieting. Just neither did sucks. I. Yeah. But we, but we were able to have a beer in your garden, and we saw each other for the first time in a very very long time, along with COVID restrictions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that was a, nice, wasn't it? It was lovely. Yes, despite the the weather conspiring against us at several points mm. of the weekend, and being freezing. But yeah, it was but lovely. We put up with it. We put yeah. up with it, and, and it was it was a good crack. So it was quite nice for actually all three of us to actually get around the table, pretend to have a chat about the podcast, and then just got really drunk in his garden. So it was, <laughs> it was great. It was all right. It wasn't too bad at all. Um, but apart from that, what have you been up to this week uh, since obviously when we saw you? I've uh, I've been doing some research, and I have two very interesting facts for you. Uh, before we start properly, did you know Paul Rudd is 52 years old? That's Unbelievable! Crazy. That is crazy. And he's, and he's British, which I think is even funnier. He's got British parents. Really? You didn't you know guess. this? No, he, I didn't. He, I just he, know that he's 52. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. it. Staggered me. Both both his parents moved out to America before they had him. So um, yeah, he's actually like British and like real British ancestry, not like I'm Irish from like a million years ago. Yeah, like a lot of Americans have got that going on, don't they? Exactly, yeah. Well, my other fact, which I think is less astounding than Paul Rudd's age, is that an ostrich can and has been documented to be able to kick a lion to death. (laughs) That's way more impressive. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you really, like, push that down to make me think, oh, it's going to be worse (laughs) than the... And then, bang! Ostrich kicking a lion to death. Was 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 it not looking or something? You know what I mean? Like how do they strike like a sucker down punch? And just exactly <laughs> yeah. a sick lion. <laughs> yeah, he got the only one with cancer. Do you know what I mean? He was able to. He was really feeble at this point in time. He'd already been through the wars. He'd already had like loads of fights. He was just roaming around on his own, and he was uh, desperate for some food. And the ostrich just went bang, one kick, wonder. See you later. Yeah. It, was, it was the it was the straw that broke the lion's back, I suppose. Yeah. In, in this case, I think it was yeah. the Bruce Lee of ostriches as well. <laughs> just one inch punch. Yeah. Wow, that, that's some facts to kick off the... Yeah, uh, share those with your friends. Yeah, yeah, share those with your friends. An ostrich can kill an already almost dead lion. <laughs> and um, Paul Rudd's 
of an age where he's lived a lot of years. So, there you go. Right, what we should do is we should get on with some good news, shouldn't we? Lovely. Really? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. First bit of good news this week is Sainsbury's, one of the largest supermarkets in the UK, has decided to get rid of plastic straws from its circulation. It's going to equate to about 18.5 million plastic straws, which is also equal to 6.6 tonnes of plastic. Uh, and they're also reducing their plastic packaging by about 50% by 2025. So yeah, pretty good stuff that a company like that and hopefully another, a lot of other companies uh, fall in suit. I know a lot of other companies have done it, but it's kind of the first one that I think we've both seen on a wide, wide scale that's just, just, just removed so much, really, isn't it, Buster? Yeah, it's good as well. If you've ever... Um tempted to be buying plastic straws or using something that has a plastic straw just take five minutes to google search uh, plastic straw turtle and you see a video of one being pulled out of the nostril of a turtle and it'll put you off using plastic straws forever hopefully and that's the end of good news for this week (laughs) got a good uh, bit of good news for you from scotland it's getting a new nature reserve but it's thanks to a crowdfunding campaign that uh, took six months and just two days before its deadline managed to raise the £3.8 million required to buy a huge, almost 5,500 acre tract of land from the Duke of Buchlach. I've never been able to pronounce this dude's name. It's one of the richest, one of the biggest landowners in Scotland. The Duke of Buchlach. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Let's just let's just call him what his really his name is, Scotty. Dukey Dukey Buckles. Dukey Dukey Scotty. Uh, amazing! It's amazing that I have a Scottish family and I can't do a Scottish accent, isn't it? You can't do one at all. Aye. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that means yes as well. No. Yeah. <laughs> Criminally bad. Nay. But this uh, this massive uh, section of land is going to be um, uh, the Terrace Valley Nature Reserve, and it's going to be uh, run by a community-led trust. So it's it's great. The people who care about the land have invested in it, and are going to be the ones looking after it, which is really good. And that more land that's not going to be used for agriculture, and um, yeah, the better. And we've had a, an update from uh, Producer Corner. Apparently, it's pronounced. Buklu. But then you, you can't trust that because the way I say book with my <laughs> accent is a bit strange. So it could be Buklu or Buklu. <laughs> I think it's Buklu. Buklu. Let's go Buklu. Yeah, brilliant. Just some more grass to just be there to look at yeah. rather than using for our selfish, greedy means. Brilliant. And I've got a little bit of news from Scotland as well. I wasn't going to do yeah. this till, till the last bit, but I'll, I'll do it now. I'd uh, like to do good segues here by mm. shouting out Segway. <laughs> Segway! Scotland! <laughs> In Scotland, there's been a massive success uh, with the Scottish wind farm. They have been able to make the first ever floating wind farm. Don't ask me what floating, how is it floating, but it, but it is floating. Uh, no, it means that it's not plummeted right into the, the, the ground, basically. And they can basically float in the water. 
and they've made a massive one. Some of the turbines are up to 175 meters um, above sea, so they're, they're huge things. And it has allowed them to kind of cut costs by 40% because if you imagine having to drill and get more machinery uh, and even use more material to make it stuck into the ground, it takes up you know, more costs and more money. And so a lot of people will probably be less likely to invest. So this was kind of like the first of its kind. And this will now set precedent for future and be like, oh, we can actually do it at a much cheaper cost. We get more people involved, more investment, which hopefully will then have us have more sustainable types of energy production in the future. Go on the Scots. Happy mm. days. That's fantastic. Yeah, they still have the biggest contributing single entity to the UK government, don't they? Their whiskey sells more uh, than any other type of equity or good in the world for the UK government. Jesus. Yeah. Nothing is a bigger contributor. Now we're waiting while well, Odin furiously types and checks out if that's right. Oh, I think yeah. it is. He hasn't said us anything. We'll go, we'll go for that. <laughs> Yeah, I'll go for it, correct. Right, uh, right but, to us if it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's obviously the reason why um, um, Scotland think that they could have independence is, is because of, of whiskey. Yeah, got that Scotch, whiskey dollar. And, and Scotch tape. That's yeah. Too, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's oil, obviously. Or oil and whiskey. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. The Scots are, are doing it quite well right now. Yeah. Yes, it is. Scotch whiskey is the biggest net contributor to the UK trade. Boom. Thank you very much. Wow. Cow. I just keep getting things right at the moment. Yeah, I'm you're on a really roll. Good. Yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a right roll. I'm just not going to say anything for the rest of the podcast now. Yeah. I've been correct <laughs> too many times. 100% track record. Yeah. Well, I've got um, a good news story that's uh, a kind of a, an old one, but there's been some research to confirm how good it is. So basically, there's a type of fishing net called a gill net that has been banned in a lot of places, in particular in California, back in the 90s. And there's some recent research to say that it's the ban of those gill nets has had a fantastic um, benefit on the porpoise populations because these gill nets would accidentally catch these uh, cetaceans. They weren't caught on porpoise. <laughs> but, but it's not that funny, actually, because they would get caught in the net and drown. It's pretty sad. But, on porpoise. On porpoise. <laughs> but, but they have uh, they have banned them, and there's been some studies in areas where they were never used, comparing them to areas where they were and were banned. And there's been a dramatic bounce back of these uh, these lovely creatures. Porpoises, for those who don't know, are very like dolphins. And uh, it just goes to show that well, two things that the fishing industry has a huge, huge impact, and thus a huge role to play in protecting the oceans. And also that if we do it, get it right that the ecology of these ecosystems can recover, given enough time and mm -hmm. enough space. And this is the reason why I haven't watched Sea Spiracy at the moment, because uh, I like my salmon. Uh, but that's, that is amazing. Uh, I highly actually. recommend you watch it, but you will never eat it again. Nah. <laughs> uh, well, right. I like my tuna and salmon too much. But there's, uh, that's, that's great. It's amazing that uh, how you think that your, your fish that has been caught is just the fish that, that's been caught but there's so many other 
parts of the sea that's also heavily affected and things like dolphins and stuff like that is something that actually if you put out there saying we need to look after the dolphins you probably get a lot more people signing up that petition wouldn't you than their save the tuna kind of thing no actually yeah, yeah. in a can uh, so so I think that uh, yeah it, it's good to shed light on these things and actually show the 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 outcomes of 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 implementing any kind of stuff like that because then it shows actually it is good news in the end yeah it says creatures back talk about creatures jaguars are for the first time been allowed out in the iberia wetlands in argentina there's been no jaguars in that area for about 70 years due to uh, a lot of cutting down trees and taking away their their land basically utilizing it for a lot of farming and stuff like that and over 95 percent of their territory was actually taken due to a lot of this eradication by humans but for the first time in about 70 years they've released a mother and their her two cubs into the wild over the next year they want to release another six and it's amazing to to see these lovely beautiful creatures that are actually i don't know if they're still on the list of the most endangered creatures in the world but they are absolutely beautiful creatures and i really and they are maybe not endangered anymore but they are they are heavily depleted compared to their numbers of 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 yonder year (laughs) of of, of years past so great they're being looked after in in a conservation in in argentina where actually it is the right climate for them you know that kind of wet very humid climate and hopefully have a few trees to scale because I know jaguars love a good tree, don't they? Yeah, and just dropping out of the tree onto unsuspecting children. That's... <laughs> That's the hope. The jaguars <laughs> kill children. My last bit of good news this week is New Zealand have raised their minimum wage to $20 an hour and increased their top rate of tax for the country's highest earners to 39%. Uh, I haven't done the numbers in terms of how much their dollars are compared to ours, but I think it is around about double, same as Australia. The rise of $1.14 per hour will affect up to 175,000 people and increase wages across the economy by about $216 million, which is quite a good thing because then you get more tax in from private companies having to pay, pay that money. And then also on top of that, by taxing the New Zealanders who earn over $180,000 per year, the top 2%, an extra uh, 1% or 2% a year, um, will bring in an extra $550 million as well. So it's a good uh, thing for the government to be doing, uh, especially when it comes to making sure that they can look after their most vulnerable. And we've just shown that New Zealand uh, are continuing not only to do things on a global level and help out a lot of countries uh, uh, outside of New Zealand, but also helping out its own citizens on a constant basis. And that's why people like Jacinda Ardern and Claude Barlow are (laughs) our favourite people in the podcast, because they're triers. They're triers, and they they want to make the world a better place. Um, For Jacinda Ardern, it seems like she keeps getting the nail right on the head rather than Claude Barlow if you actually want to go back and listen to that podcast last week's episode where Claude Barlow did a lot of horrendous things to himself for the greater mm. good and it turns out it was for nothing uh, yeah. because the infection didn't happen what you think it was he basically thought everyone was going to turn to zombies and stuff and didn't happen didn't happen at all so bit of a swing him. and a miss from Dr Barlow there 
but he's a trier, so yeah, that's exactly. the main point. My last bit of good news this week, uh, from the Congo to Belgium, not an intentional segue, that just is the way that the story's lined up this week. Segway! Yeah, segway! <laughs> but um, the, uh, the Belgians have just become the latest in a series of nations who are suing their government. Citizens are suing their own government over climate inaction um, and an adequate climate policy. So a lot of governments around the world have set targets, some as part of the Paris Climate Agreement, some uh, in addition to or alongside that. But most countries have a target to reduce cl climate emissions and most of them are uh, woefully unambitious uh, or, or not enough. They will still um, if they even hit their targets, which they're not on track to a lot of countries, they'll still mean a degree or two rise across the globe, which will have catastrophic effects uh, all over the world. So the Belgian people have, uh, 60,000 of them in fact, have signed petitions and become co-plaintiffs in a court case suing their government over their climate inaction. How many? How many people? 60,000. Big court case, big big courtroom. Gonna need a big, it, yeah. Gonna need a big room. I I love it when the the the, the people take it to their governments, and I feel like it's happening more and more. I feel yeah. like actually the people being heard around the world, especially around uh, stuff like climate change, and um, I know that. Obviously, we, you know, I, I went to the, the march about Brexit and stuff like that, but I would say that for me, the, the, the biggest thing that is troubling for us in the future is, is climate change. That is like the number one thing that, that everyone has to be is helping each other out, all 8 billion of us, to try and make this place a better place so we don't die. Um, so, yeah, big thing, climate change, and I'm glad that people are taking it to their governments to, to keep in accordance with the promises that they have set themselves you know and and, and said that they would do so yeah uh Definitely. And, and on that note on that note um that's your weekly dose of good news all wrapped up but if you would like to turn your weekly dose of good news into a daily dose of good news our producer odin does lots of fine work on our social media on at that's news to me pod if you want to follow us on instagram that will give you a daily dose of good news and we're always on there commenting and stuff like that so join in and again if you ever want to have your good news being part of this show uh, just like martin did last week with his story about claude barlow who's turned out to be one of the fan favorites of the podcast then please <laughs> message us and, and, and send us over a story um, and we will definitely try and put it into the podcast but in the meantime it's now buster story time so i'm very very excited uh, to hear what he has lined up for us this week and so buster are you ready i am so, the uh, funny story this week I wanted to talk to you about is about the William D. Porter, a real piece of ship. Ah, uh, nice. Yeah, it's nice. good, isn't it? We've nice. talked about ships yeah. before on the podcast. Uh, do you remember when we talked about ships before that we discussed the difference between a ship and a boat? Just yeah, uh, yes, hey, wait there, wait there. Let, let me remember what you said to me, because I, I, it was really tough. It was really tough. Hang on, wait there. I think it was... There's a lot of like technical terms that you used last yeah. time, wasn't it? And yeah, it, very, I very think it's, it's, yeah. I think it's something along the lines of, you can't put a ship into a boat, but you can put a boat into a dinghy. Was that, was that right? <laughs> it's along those lines, yeah. Well, what, yeah. What was it? 
You can put a boat on a ship, but you can't put a ship on a boat. I've just realised we're going to say boat loads this week, which is great for boat. fans of the northern accent. Yeah, <laughs> boat. 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 It just, I just, whenever you say stuff like boat, it just makes me think of very early on series of Big Brother. That's the sort. It's just very... Dear 14. <laughs> the housemates have been trying to put a ship on a boat unsuccessfully. <laughs> but as Buster says... Doesn't work. Doesn't work. You can't put a ship on a boat, man. <laughs> Didn't be daft. Yeah, do you remember we also talked about, um, on a naval theme, the the incredible naval war hero, Unsinkable Sam. Do you remember him? The cat. Yes. Yeah, yeah I love I love that cat. It, it, he got onto multiple different boats <laughs> and then lived a very nice life afterwards after they all just kept sinking around yeah. him. Survived and four ships. There was a big ships. conspiracy theory that he was actually... Doing yes. it himself, and he was actually go again and you know plug 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 plug. Go back and listen to that podcast. Uh, I don't know what episode it was, but it was. It was yeah, I think, go listen I think, to it. I think it's it. called Unsinkable Sam. It's a good one. I think it is. Uh, we also talked as well another episode about ships. We seem to have talked about ships a fair bit. Uh, where Sounds Virginia like Woolf and her mates played that prank on the HMS Dreadnought. A very poor yes. taste prank. A racist, racist Virginia Woolf. Yeah. So we're going to talk about a particular ship, uh, the Both US. No, on no that that I think is a is a good story, but too short a one. This one is uh, is right. a little a little bit uh, more, I think, meatier, but also from a little bit longer longer ago. It's the U.S. Navy's unluckiest ship. Right. So uh, when, when you when you're talking about it, can you talk about it a bit more, a bit more stern? Ah, uh, nice. There we go. That's there we good. Go. We got, we got, we got, a, we got a boat joke in there straight away. Think, that's great. Think, Steaming think, in. I, <laughs> I think there's definitely going to be a few more of those because I love your cut of your jib. I love the cut of your jib. There we go. I'm really glad that that's the vibe that we're on because I do love a pun run. Yeah. So this this boat, we're going to give it a name because it, its actual name, the William D. Porter, was a little bit. It's a bit boring, and it's boring, too difficult it? to say. That's, yeah. that's not that's news to me, kind of. Yeah, stuff. exactly. It's not our style. So Odin's yeah. fantastic suggestion is the Willie D. P. Ooh. Nice, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. Can we just go for the big D? The big D. <laughs> Willie's big D. P. <laughs> Uh, there's too many syllables. I think I think we should just go, go for the big D. We'll throw the D around. We'll see how it goes. We'll just toss it about. See, <laughs> see what lands. Offer it out. See if anyone wants to get on board. <laughs> <laughs> just throw some chum overboard and see if we get any bites. Yeah. This boat, uh, the the Willy D or the Willy DP, the big big D. The, the big D. It was the a destroyer. D. It was a destroyer D. We could just uh, go for the Willy D. Yeah, let's go for the Willy D. The Willy D. Uh, it, really it was a, a destroyer battleship type of thing, and it's this we're talking Second World War here, so it was commissioned in 1943, and uh, it was named after a guy called William D. Porter, who was also affectionately known as Willie D. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, known for his extravagant lifestyle, his limp that he walked with, and his wild orgies. Putting his Willie D. into port. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a he was a commodore in the U.S. Navy. Right, um, okay. And I looked this up because I've heard the word Commodore bandied around a lot. 
Uh, that's um, I, that's that that's played by the guy that wants to be with Kira Knightley in the that's... Pirates of the Caribbean, but uh, doesn't get him because she likes the swordsmith. What's his name? I can't even remember. Orlando his name Bloom. Now. Orlando Bloom instead. Yes. So that's who plays the Commodore. He's he's kind of, they're kind of like if I want to have a guess, they're not Do. the top of the navy, but they're kind of like the people that will own maybe a few fleets of ships rather than like they're, they're like kind of they're kind of middle management kind of thing yeah it's, it's pretty much yeah they're above yeah. a captain and hilariously they're right behind a rear admiral which is a very senior role. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Admiral will be kind of like head of the, all the Navy. Commodore will be kind of a host of a few ships and will be maybe the, the leading person on the leading ship of maybe a certain tactic and come from different mm. points and stuff like that. DP. I, I, yeah, exactly. I, literally, oh, I learned I, I, I that from Pirates of the Caribbean. See? It's educational. Great documentary. Great documentary. It is. Great. So um, this this Commodore, and by the way, Commodore um, Willie D, being right behind a rear admiral is exactly where he wants to be. That's so hang his on. natural so hang habitat. On. So we've got to say Willie D for the person, but the Willie D is his ship. That's right, yeah. Okay, just to make sure that's clear for all the viewers, not me, the viewers. I didn't get <laughs> confused. Well, the um, this, uh, this, this guy, he had the boat named after him, there's a bit of a theory that I have about the story associated with this boat, as you'll soon hear. But my theory is that when they named the boat after Willie D, the <laughs> Willie D took on the characteristics, the spirit of Wild Bill Willie B, Willie D. <laughs> right. Because there's some, yeah, I think there's something going on with this boat, something a bit strange. But right. it was it was given a mission, so that it's 1943. It's been commissioned. The war's raging, and it's been given its first mission. Uh, it was to accompany a battleship across the Atlantic, a big, a much larger battleship called the Iowa, across the Atlantic to Morocco. And on board this Iowa ship was President Franklin D. Roosevelt. I don't ah. know if you know this dude, but he's the I president. Love, yeah, I love, love him. He's, he's love great. FDR. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's one of the best presidents of all, of all time. Um, he's the reason why um, Obama uh, could only do two... Um, two terms because FDR just kept on winning everything all the time um, because he was so well liked in, in America and um, I love the fact that he put that little door in the front of his re of the Resolute desk in the White House to stop people from being able to see his wheelchair because he didn't want to show everyone that he had polio and he was actually uh, disabled. I didn't realise it was why. a gap in there before. Uh, there's a little gap yeah because there's two Resolute desks or three maybe but there's definitely two. Uh, one in the um, in, in Buckingham Palace, and then one from the uh, one in the White House, and it came from HMRS HMR uh, uh, Resolute, which was a was one of the big navy ships that actually got beaten basically in the war, and Queen Victoria then gave, made two deaths out of it and shipped one to America and then one to Buckingham Palace, oh. and uh, so there's one there, and then um, there didn't used to be a door in it, but. FDR put a door in the front of it you can't see people's feet now because he had polio and he didn't want to give the perception that he was 
basically disabled and all that kind of stuff. So he wanted to still be kind of a strong kind of leader. And there's a lot of the documentaries, and if you've watched any films about him, they do a lot of like him like standing up on his feet on purpose. Uh, I think there's one where they're talking about whether or not they should get involved in World War Two, and um, he stands up on his feet. And he's like, if I can do this, then we've got to get involved in taking down Hitler. Uh, apparently, that's what he did. But I don't know yeah. if they just did that for some dramatization. It's a good but, moment, um, though, isn't it? It is a good moment, but F- FDR is 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 he still had his f- faults, you know. After Pearl Harbor, for example, he chucked everyone that looked Asian uh, into a kind of a camp. Oh yeah, the internment camps, there. yeah. Yeah, so that, so it wasn't like without his faults. There was a lot of stuff no. that the, the geezer still uh, had to do. But in terms of kind of like the New Deal and um, a lot of like kind of the. Um, economic side of things and how he drove people increasing the side of the supreme court and stuff like that like he's a pretty amazing president he's up there with the, the top and as you can probably see i, I just generally quite, quite love the geezer i think he's big respect for fdr president. well this is excellent yeah. that you that you're a big fan of his because he has a, a pivotal part in this story so the willie d was on a mission to protect him so there was uh, he the president was on the iowa traveling across the Atlantic and the Willie D along with a couple of other boats was sent as an escort to get him safely across there. <laughs> was it? <laughs> the Willie D was escorting? Yeah. <laughs> Professional escort, Willie D. <laughs> do you have to do the deed afterwards or can he just, it, you know, go the, off? The deed, yes. Didn't have to stick its stern into its bow. So to speak. Well, actually, it's funny you say that because <laughs> this is literally the first thing that the Willie D did <laughs> day one of the mission. It was in port and manoeuvred around and stuck its stern into the port of another boat. But luckily, right. the Willie D just sustained a few scratches to the anchor of the uh, the boat. They the hadn't pulled the boat, yeah, they okay. hadn't pulled the anchor up enough. Okay. but like <laughs> the, the the anchor was just scratched lightly, so that was okay, thankfully. Unfortunately, the anchor was dragged across the deck of the ship next door, completely fucking it up, just pulling a lot of lifeboats into the sea and hey, destroying least, a bit of the deck. At so. least Willie D hasn't been, you know, affected. Like Hardly that guy where that, his Willie was affected by when he fell off his motorbike. Yes, yeah. So, <laughs> another uh, great callback. Another great callback. God, we're doing all the callbacks and plugging our own podcast a lot today. Yeah, this is like a clip show this week. <laughs> yeah, the best of. <laughs> so um, yes, that was that was pretty unfortunate. Uh, Willie's a bit of a, a bit of rough and tough, you know, and accidentally destroyed a boat just by turning and moving its big booty across the space. So not oh. a great start. Day one that was in the mission. But then the mission begins in earnest. The ship set off across the Atlantic to protect the president and I'm going to call this mission Operation Don't Accidentally Kill the President Right that's a, that's good a, that is a, that's a good mission in general to just not accidentally kill the president I um, We've got uh, the What about Iowa. on purpose? On purpose Is that alright? Oh god I mean don't even suggest that to the Willie D because they'll run with it Because to be honest like as we've already covered he's in a wheelchair just push him off the boat. You wouldn't be able to swim. Take the brakes off, yeah. Yeah, there we go. Oh, oh could... it was the storm. It was the storm. 
There was no storm. There was a storm. You weren't out there. It's 1943. You don't have cameras everywhere. You don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you've got such a well thought out plan already for how to deliberately kill FDR. <laughs> it's a good job we have time machines. Yeah, I just, I just, I just think some handcuffs and a pool would do, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> He's already got the wheelchair. It's brilliant. That's, I mean, that's the name of your sex tape, isn't it? Just some handcuffs and a pool will do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, just before we continue, actually, have you got any fun suggestions for the other boats in the convoy? So there's four boats in total. We have the the Willie D, the mm -hmm. Iowa, two more. Right. We could give them names of, of states, maybe like the Iowa. We could give them uh, overtly sexual names like the Willie D. Or we could give them um, nice boaty puns. We could call one of them Boaty McBoatface. We, we should definitely call one Boaty McBoatface because actually the Boaty McBoatface didn't actually get called Boaty McBoatface. Yeah, so I think it deserves an outing. Yeah, yeah Boaty McBoatface, uh, we have the Willie D. Um, instead of Iowa, uh, Cuckoo for IOE1. You know, I'll give I you one. Uh, I'll give you one. I'll give you one, I owe you one, yeah. And um, the other one, uh, what could we go for? Something um, of a good shit hey, maybe, pun in it, I think. Maybe maybe a, a state that isn't talked about Something about much. the poop deck. We never talk about poop decks, do we? And that's that's is, an actual is, thing. Is a poop deck a real thing? Yeah, yeah, it's a part of the back of an old boat where the steering wheel was. Or or we could go for the shithole. Shithole. Hull. The shithole. The shithole. Shithole. The shithole. Shithole. You know, it's a shithole, but it was also the hull of the boat. How about that? Okay, so we've got the 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 Willie D. I'll give you one. Boaty McBoatface and the shithole. Yeah. Great. The, and all you of them say, are the you USS. Got, you've got to say the shithole. The shithole. 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 It doesn't really work with my accent. I need to do more of a Cockney accent. Shithole. The shithole. Yeah. Well, these four famous friends set off across the Atlantic. Uh, and because the Atlantic was very dangerous at the time, the, the German Kriegsmarine had the U-boats that were sinking ships, taking food back and forth, from uh, mostly food from America to Europe, that was uh, to the Allies in Europe. So the U-boats were a big danger there. So the whole ship convoy had strict orders to maintain radio silence. Um, this was to avoid the U-boats hearing the signals and triangulating where they are and finding them. But then when they were heading across, suddenly there was a loud explosion and the uh, all of the boats suddenly started taking anti-sub maneuvers. That's submarine, not submissive. So like, not like trying to wriggle out of restraints or something like that. <laughs> we're trying to line its back. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Try. Uh, just to... bobbing upside down. Well, that's already fucked. And then switch it. Ha ha! Like, <laughs> Desperately... we tricked you the whole time. And there's just loads of people just like. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, loads of people tied to the underside of the boat, mumbling the safe word through a gag. <laughs> yeah. This isn't part of the Caribbean 3. This isn't what we do. Can't. <laughs> so it was like total pandemonium. Everyone is like, you know, evasive maneuvers. They. The, the, the Willie D then sort of furtively and bashfully apologises and um, says that they'd accidentally dropped a depth charge off the side of the boat. And What's a depth the, charge? Sorry. A depth charge is like an anti-submarine weapon, so it looks like an oil drum sort of thing. 
you roll right. it into the water, you set a fuse on it for how deep you want it to go before it blows up. You throw it in the water and it gets to a certain depth and there's like a pressure trigger that blows the thing up. The idea being that if you're above a submarine, you drop it, knowing the submarine's 50 meters down, it goes boom, blows up under there. But what they did is they drop one accidentally off the side of the deck and they had the depth thing set to like 10 meters. So it blew up like <laughs> right behind the boat. Everyone <laughs> lost the shit. They thought it was a, like a torpedo. And yeah, they had to be like, oh, sorry guys, that was us just dropping that, bombs off the side of our own that, ship. Imagine that guy being like, being like, torpedo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a, uh, I can think I can see yeah. a submarine over there. Was that, was that a torpedo? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, you said torpedo, didn't you? Big time. Yeah, yeah, big definitely. time. <laughs> big yeah. time. Big time. With these, with these binoculars. Did they torpedo us up? Because one of our <laughs> big drum things, whatever they're called, depth cannons, we, we, we've lost one of them. Yeah, I was trying to get them, but they got us first. Uh, I don't think we had that when we set off anyway. I think we only had, <laughs> we only had five. I mean, I don't know how it happened exactly, but I imagine it was something stupid like, you know, just someone leaning on it, having a smoke, and it just going, yeah. whoop, and going off the Eat side the of the sandwich. Bed. Yeah. <laughs> but again, this is where the theory comes in. This could be the unruly spirit of the the original Willie D, the man the boat was named after. He lived his life as quite a, as a Commodore, but also for a lot of his career, quite a humble lighthouse inspector. Right. So yeah, Which I don't think is a, I don't think that's yeah, actually an innuendo for... Some, actually, yeah, that could be a gay innuendo, a light, lighthouse inspector. Now I think about it. <laughs> but either way, he had quite. He had. He had a sort of a, a wild streak. So it could be that he's just fucking with people on the boat, like the spirit of Willie D, knocking depth charges in, setting them off. Yeah. But then, then another strange thing happens to this poor boat. So you mentioned before about you know Franklin D. Roosevelt. All he would need to do is you know take the bricks off his wheelchair and yeah, roll into the sea. Away. Well, yeah. next after this, a, a large wave starts heading towards <laughs> the convoy. And miraculously, the I'll give you one, the shittle, and Boatly McBoatface just rolled with the punches. Not a big problem for them. But for some reason, the wave slapped the side of the Willie D, knocking everything that wasn't tied down off the deck. That's it was half blown up, though. Like, it was partly blown up. It been a... Yeah, it's not in a great way. It, the um, One of the boilers in the engine room lost power. It was like, it was a total catastrophe. And one of the fucking crew was washed off and into the sea. That was it. Lost at sea. Never to be seen oh, again. so he's dead. Dead. So that's the first... The, the, the uh, and just... I knew I should have got the shit off! Yeah. And... <laughs> Incredibly, that actually is the only casualty on the boat um, oh, wow. in, in all of its active service. And I'm incredibly impressed. It's just a wave that a man in a wheelchair rolling around on the deck survived <laughs> somehow managed to <laughs> knock this poor bugger off. So again, I think there's something going on with the boat. He was he was pushed Can by I, the spirit. Yeah, just being like, I told you I shouldn't have been, <laughs> should, told you I shouldn't have gone there. Yeah. Land is what I should be doing. This is very much not wheelchair accessible. Yeah, totally. It's really silly. And the stories afterwards, I the boat was haunted by the spirit of an old lighthouse inspector. (laughs) If you listen at night, you can hear him. (laughs) (laughs) This is worse than Portland Road Underground Station. Jesus Christ, it's not wheelchair accessible at all. Oh, that's a great wheelchair accessibility joke there. So a quick recap is the the Willie D has... uh, Dragged its anchor across the deck of a neighbouring ship, uh, depth charged itself, and has lost a crew member. 
and has sustained some damage from a wave, which managed to not upset a man in a wheelchair on the deck of the ship next door somehow. <laughs> he must have been pissed. Yeah, he so must it's... have been so drunk. He was drinking his grog, wasn't he? He had a lot of grog. Yeah, well, that's the key. That's you don't like... go floppy in an accident. You just go floppy <laughs> in an accident, you're fine. So, the, um, so I mentioned at the top of the story that there was supposed to be this radio silence between the, the four ships to try and avoid detection from U-boats. That completely fell apart at this point. Uh, this has to be regular updates because the, uh, the Willy D is mildly stricken with damage and it's yeah it's supposed to be a, a completely straightforward escort the president across the Atlantic mission uh, and it's gone terribly wrong so far so the next just get a, just get a plane now isn't it yeah that didn't, probably didn't, would have been didn't, didn't, safer didn't FDR, even the wasn't he the first person first president to Riding a plane or something, wasn't something it? like that, because they, they didn't used to use planes for um, really important people because they were quite dangerous back then, back in the like thirties and forties. Yeah, I think it was after this trip, so I think he took this trip across the Atlantic and then had right. a plane ride from Morocco <laughs> or from Algiers to Morocco. Something <laughs> like that, yeah. You fucking would, though, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> the second you the got your, yeah, the second you I'm got your wheels on dry land, you'd be like, I'll take the plane, thanks. You know yeah. that you know you know that new technology has only been around for like what 20, 30 years that really hasn't been properly tested. I'd rather go in that, staying away from all those boats now, because they're just turning around in circles and ripping each other to pieces whilst there's people firing from us. You wouldn't, you, if you saw the anarchy of these four boats, you probably would just sit there like, don't waste your bullets, lads. I think they're going to kill themselves. Just leave them. Yeah. Well, actually, wasting bullets is a great segue to the next part of the adventure. Oh, so right. the uh, the ships pass through the Bermuda Triangle, which is incredible, giving the track record of the journey so far. But without incident, they made it through there, all right? They should have disappeared. Or was it just planes? Or maybe there was five boats and the stories were not edited afterwards. <laughs> they? <laughs> they just don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Willie D just depth-charged another boat back there. But uh, they got past Bermuda, and they're just east of Bermuda, so they really haven't got far, by the way, here. They're really no, uh, just, like, south, just south edge south of the America, Caribbean. Yeah, carriage yeah, of the Caribbean, yeah. And uh, President Roosevelt asked for the ship, the, the Iowa that I'll give you one, to test its air defences by launching some weather balloons so they could shoot at it for target practice, because they had these brand new type of anti-air guns that were radar-assisted. It was all very fancy. So they launched these weather balloons up, started taking pot shots at them, the Iowa shot a few of them, the Roosevelt's boat, but a few drifted over towards the Willie DP. And the, the big Willie D, he's a bit of an attention seeker <laughs> and was desperate to, but this was, at this point, it was like the, it was kind of like the sick kid of the group, you know, he was getting picked on, everyone's laughing about the depth charge incident. And, you know, while people were sad about the guy who fell off, people were sort of talking about, you know, the guy in the wheelchair didn't fall off the other boat though, did he? So like, maybe they just boat's a bit shit. So they, were, they wanted to try and prove themselves. So they started shooting at some of the weather balloons, popped a couple of them. We're feeling pretty fu pretty full of themselves. And I mentioned before that this, uh, the, the, I don't know if I actually did mention this, it's a Fletcher-class destroyer, the Willie D. It's quite a small boat, right. but pretty pretty tooled up. Hence the, the Willie D, you know. Yeah. It's got a lot of BDE, big dick <laughs> energy for the uninitiated. <laughs> And uh, so the Willie D decided it was going to put on an impromptu <laughs> torpedo demonstration. 
Yeah, I, you have a feeling how this has gone, right? I have a feeling, though, that no good idea ever started with the sentence, let's do an impromptu <laughs> torpedo demonstration. No, no, I've never been around someone where, where that's, that's worked out well. No. So the plan no. was they were going to fire an unarmed torpedo towards the president's boat. And oh, right. Towards the Trinidad boat. Yeah, exactly. Not to one of the other ones. No, no, there's four boats there, two of them which (laughs) don't have, like, globally critical, important people on there. Yeah, they're going to fire it, an unarmed torpedo towards the Iowa. Now, there was two big problems. The first one uh, was that, like all good torpedo demonstrations, and actually also pregnancies in your teens or your 50s, it was a total unplanned surprise. No one knew about it. (laughs) Uh, And... Secondly, and probably the most seriously of the two problems, uh, it wasn't unarmed. Right. <laughs> One of the it guys had stuff it was, in it. It, it was would a explode. Fully ready to go, designed to sink a boat torpedo. One of the guys in the the torpedo part of the boat. He's called a torpedo man, which is a great job title. That is, that is a brilliant. That's, that's right yeah. nail on the head, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's like it, it says it, exactly it, what it the does. Opposite. It's the opposite of the weathermen who are actually called meteorologists. You think they're just like looking at meteors yeah. and you know, getting on them like Armageddon and stuff yeah. like this. No, they're just looking at weather patterns. We're like, it's going to rain today. But this, this is a Talk real right on the top. Like there's no fucking about. Like no one's ever gone, I'm a torpedoman. And then it's been followed up with, what do you, so what do you do exactly? Yeah. Everyone's gone, right, understood straight yeah, away. It's clear. No problem. I had a yeah. job briefly as a strawpedo man. That was quite good. <laughs> I had to just get bottles of orange reef and chin them in under five seconds. It was. Uh... I used to love doing that. that oh yeah, that was, that was that was a that was what that was a hell of a night out when you were eighteen, nineteen, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, let's do it next time. Yeah, I'll I'm keen to see if I've still got my skills. I reckon I can still yeah. do it. Nah, come on, I'll beat you. I'll says beat you. says old men reaching midlife crisis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice bottle of WKD in hand. Let's do it. Lovely. Well, um, yeah, the torpedo man forgot to take the, the primer out. There's a, there's a part of it that basically arms the explosives in it when it gets near a boat and blows it up. And he forgot to take it out. So the thing launched with this in. All it was going to do was fire straight at the boat and blow it up. Uh, because this is a total surprise, only the Willie D knew about this fuck up. So everyone on the boat is like nail biting, and this takes it takes quite a few minutes for the torpedo to get to the ship. So they're like f- w- running around the boat, like right. fuck, what do we do? Um, this radio silence. We've already been fucked about that before and had a radio before. And we don't want to get made fun of again <laughs> for making radio calls to the other boat. I think it's an important message, though. I think also like with premature torpedo ejection, honesty is the best policy. You know, just sit down and talk about it. It's fine. It happens to a lot of boats. Just- and just take the pill, you know, the next day. <laughs> It'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. Don't worry. Unless, of course, the torpedo did hit you and blew your hole to pieces. <laughs> Might have it, had a it, shithole. Yeah. <laughs> so the the crew, the, I mean, this this is probably my favourite little bit of the story, is that the, the crew then thought, fuck, we've got to tell. We've got to tell the president's ship that there's an armed torpedo heading towards them. We don't want to use the radio. Let's send old-fashioned naval semaphore signals but with the lights flashing lights on the boat so the uh, the so light operator SOS is... signals yeah exactly like morse code and that sort of thing there's like a naval signal you can use either morse code or semaphore to like communicate without the radio across a distance some other ship 
fired a torpedo at you. It went past us, and <laughs> yeah. now it's coming for you. And then guys. it disappeared. <laughs> I mean, the, the the best thing is we got... dodged it very very easily. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully you can too. It's a very long light display. Yeah, yeah. It took twenty minutes to flash. <laughs> Well, the first the first thing is about this. It was it was so sad. Was that they got the light signal guy, you know, up? He wasn't expecting to be needed. You know, he's probably chilling out somewhere in the cafeteria of the boat. They get him to quickly sandwich. send a message to the to the Iowa immediately, saying, you know, like telling them this situation. So he sits down at his desk and starts boop, 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 pressing, uh, and it turns out the lights were pointed in the wrong direction, so they were just <laughs> pointing out to sea. <laughs> So it was basically the Willie D was presenting to the to the other boats. Oh well, Willie Willie <laughs> Willie D was a lighthouse keeper. He should know how to point lights in the right know, direction. Right, it's the one thing that lighthouses do. <laughs> uh, so then they realised time is running out. The torpedo is getting like this is seconds count. Torpedo is getting close to the boat. The president is just hanging out there, and they uh, they so they managed to get the lights pointing in the right direction, and they managed to get a signal out. The uh, the president. It's on the deck, just surveying the sea and looking at the the ocean and getting the sea air. They receive the signal, and it's decoded as, "We are reversing at full speed." <laughs> so they send the they send nonsense. They're basically saying, "We're pushing back." Are you having? Do you like that? And, and so, nothing. Are they? Are they? Are they sure? That they didn't watch or read the scripts of like Hot Shots or Hot Shots Part Deux <laughs> before they, they went out. This sounds very Hot Shots, but like I mean, it's happening right now. It's either one of two things. It's either in a series of incredible bungles made by a bunch of what should be professional sailors at the top of the game, or a really clever assassination attempt. Just like blame it yeah. for the fuck ups. But they, they saw that the, the signal hadn't been received, always received with some confusion. So eventually they were like, oh, fuck, we're going to be in big trouble for this. But <laughs> radio in, first of all, we're really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important, you know, how sorry we are about this. I but love is... I love how they're like, Let, we're going to send them the information, but let's just send it to them in a way that we think that we'll get at least trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a light show. <laughs> Don't worry about how you know seconds count. The president could be killed. They radio and say, "Ah, uh, yeah, there's a, that torpedo that we fired. Surprise! <laughs> also, it's live. Move quick, go." <laughs> so the um, the luckily then the Iowa decided full speed turn. It managed to get like speed up and turned. Uh, the president, rather than go below decks, decided he wanted a closer look at the real torpedo. So he was he was wheeled to the side of the ship where it was approaching from, so he could see it. Wow, that yeah. is what 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 a backbone he has. Oh well, yeah. um, well. <laughs> 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 but yeah, but yeah, pretty pretty ballsy move, wasn't it? But uh, yeah. the the turning apparently the turning and the changing of speed created a big wake of the boat, and that blew up the torpedo. Thankfully, so all safe. President survived, but the the response from the other ship was pretty much similar to my assessment that either this is a a, a complete idiots on board this boat or it's a assassination attempt either way dangerous yeah either so they, they pointed yeah. all of their guns at the willy d at this point and basically <laughs> basically arrested the some of the crew uh, and took them back to bermuda for a trial uh because well yeah they 
what needed to find out what was going on. Uh, the, the the torpedo man, who was uh, responsible for the premature torpedo ejection, uh, it's a guy called Lawton Dawson. Uh, good rhyming name. Wow. He was arrested and put on trial and found guilty. He confessed. He basically said he accidentally left the primer in the tube, and then to try and um, explain his like like error or to try and get away with it, he, th- he threw some other primers off the boat into the sea to say some were lost and whatever. Like he, he, he tried to hide the mistake by like throwing things around and hiding them. But he eventually confessed and owned up to it, and he was sentenced to 14 years hard labor. Which is quite a wow. thing. That's what they used to do back in the day. That's crazy. It's like breaking years rocks hard and stuff. labor for being told to do something and you accidentally not doing it correctly. But then again, you always did kill loads of people. So if it did explode the whole boat, then you probably would deserve to be in jail anyway. Yeah. Sheer stupidity. But I kind of feel sorry for that guy. Like that guy just. Don't know. He is very complicit. Isn't he? he is the one that let off the fucking torpedo with of the bomb still in it that would then explode and kill the probably most successful president of all time behind Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Well, your sympathy for the guy was shared by uh, the man FDR. He, he he intervened in the case and used his presidential power to pardon the guy. Oh, that's nice. So he, he got off. He was uh, I think he was discharged from the Navy. Because I think he probably wouldn't trust with torpedoes again, but he didn't. Definitely not. In hard labor. In fact, none of the none of the crew were uh, were court-martialed as a consequence. Roosevelt basically said, "Look, no harm, no foul. We've all we've all had a premature torpedo ejection before. Happens to a lot of ships." <laughs> um, I'm going to let you off the hook. So he did. And yeah, somewhere yeah somewhere in history, Joe Exotic is going, "What the hell, man?" <laughs> Carol fucking Baskin. <laughs> I love, by the he way, had he had a limo waiting outside. He had a limo waiting outside, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they sent him loads of letters to Trump being like, we should be pardoned. And they were like, we're so confident. And he ended up not being. Oh, um, I, mean, I don't feel that, so that, sorry for him. No, they're trying to overturn the charges. And I believe that they're now asking Joe Biden, who is, um, you know. Good luck with that. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that's going to happen in a million years. Only people like uh, Donald Trump pardon people that actually have done something wrong. So the the boat now it's it's mission the, the mission don't accident operation don't accidentally kill the president had been for the Willie D a minor failure. They were taken back and taken off this mission, but they were given a new mission in the Aleutian Islands, which is off Alaska. It's the uh, if you picture Alaska is like a got those like chain of islands sticking down in the Pacific it's down that sort of way Uh, it's pretty remote difficult to get in trouble up there really despite the Pacific theatre the the war with the Japanese on that side which uh, which specific theatre are you talking about? the specific one yes yes which one? (laughs) yeah no the the specific one yes the specific one okay yes yes in the Pacific yes yes that's one specifically yes that one's specific okay cool they had this job and it was supposed to be um, just patrol, stay out of trouble, don't fire any torpedoes at anybody. I mean, this is all written down. It's all on the typed up document for your eyes only. Don't fire any torpedoes at the president. But one of the things they didn't mention on the specific orders for this new mission was don't get drunk and fire a five inch artillery shell into the base commander's garden, obliterating hey, look, a flower if bed. It if it doesn't say that, then you, you can't, don't know what to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, think. so. Hey, look, this isn't on our list of things that we can't do. 
they're, they're pioneers, really, these guys. They're just <laughs> experimenting. So they, uh, that didn't go so well. The Commandant wasn't very happy with it. But then, they did have a quite... This boat was then sent into the, the war and around the Philippines. And it was in several successful engagements. It shot down, um, successfully shot down. They've really some... just pushed them to the other side. Yeah, they've really just gone, you just fuck off when yeah, yeah. you're there. Yeah, out of mind. Your accidental misfirings might actually get one of our enemies. Well, yeah, that was the plan. So they, they actually managed to shoot down several aircraft. Um... Unfortunately, some of them were American. <laughs> but nonetheless, I think on balance, the ratio was slightly more Japanese than American. There's only three well, American done. planes amongst that. So, like, yeah, that's, you know, that's how it works, isn't it? Warfare. Yeah. yeah. Um, Friendly fire is okay as long as your fire was more than maybe three to one. Should we say three to one is a good ratio? Four to one. Push to four to one kind of ratio. Yeah, yeah that's, you know... That's how it goes. The Willy DP, DP by name, DP by nature. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the war's drawing to a close now, and it, despite its own best efforts, the Willy D has managed to survive to this point in the war. It's now just about to be a two-year-old boat, so it's still, you know, got its Pretty training wheels. Yeah. yeah, still a toddler. But at the Battle of Okinawa, uh, a kamikaze plane was attacking the ship. Kamikaze planes, you know, they just dive straight into the boat. They were loaded with explosives. The idea was to just crash straight into boats and cause so much damage that the boats would sink or have to be uh, be abandoned. But in a stroke of luck, the first probably bit of good luck that this this boat had had. It missed. It missed. They tried shooting it down, but they missed because it didn't have an American flag on. They couldn't really get their eye in. <laughs> and the kamikaze plane plop fell into the water off to the side of the boat. Big sigh of relief. I mean. If you hear, you know, you can hear these planes diving, they often had vents that made a bit like the Stuka dive bombers, the Germans, they had noise generating um, vents that would make it scream as it dived down, you know, you get very scary thing to be, be around. But it plopped in the water, everyone's very relieved. Yeehaw, celebrating probably even, they're probably celebrating that. Great, mm. not been blown up by a kamikaze. In the, I guess, distracting celebrations, the, the Willy D sort of just steered <laughs> onto the plane that was floating in the water nearby, full of explosives. And it exploded in the water. It, it blew up underneath the boat. Yeah. And completely wow. Yeah, completely fucked up. I, I think I think it was deliberate. You know, we mentioned that, you know Deliberate. Willy D Why is he's like a he's a sexually repressed lighthouse of you know, inspector. <laughs> I think he sees... He wasn't like, for this world anymore. He the tail of it. a Japanese airplane sitting in the water and he's just like, I'm having a bit of that. And it's just <laughs> try to mount it. <laughs> and, you know, it, it paid the price for it, which I guess is the ship equivalent of getting an STD or something. <laughs> it, I mean, uh, did, did everyone die? Incredibly. The, so the boat was, was fucked. They tried to um, patch up and block the bulkheads to try and stop it from sinking but there was fires breaking out all over it and after a couple of hours it started to be apparent that it was no way of saving the ship so the captain made the order to abandon ship 12 minutes later every single crew member made it off the ship with no major injuries unharmed wow so very wow. very and lucky where did they I think... go to were they Japanese war uh, did they get captured or anything uh, they were Do you know? picked up by the picked up by the US um, boats and uh, spared being captured which was good so they, and they were like, don't touch anything on this boat. I <laughs> would say so. 
Yeah, you go downstairs. Why is that guy just... brought a fucking depth charge with him? Leave that on the other boat. <laughs> Don't just chuck down. it in the water. Oh my god. Boom. <laughs> just go into the gallows. Just stay down there. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's one of two things for me with this story. I think either the the like the ghost of Willie D, the lighthouse inspector, was finally exercised by this. You know, he, all he wanted to do was hump a kamikaze plane. His dream realised. He moved into sort of a, a, the eternal peace. Or maybe it was karma because the boat had non-consensually tried to mount that plane. Really. <laughs> You know, and don't don't put your kinks on other people without them being cool with it. You know, you got to check this stuff. <laughs> so it it's it's either karma or ghosts. Definitely... I mean, it could have been the regular you know sort of prosaic thing of a boat crashing into a plane, but you know, yeah, I think that I like the more interesting <laughs> angle on this. And some say that if you go to Okinawa today, you can still hear the tortured masochistic bones of the Willie DP. <laughs> Bubbling up from the depths. Oh. <laughs> Harder. You can, you can still hear the... Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thank you very much, guys, for joining us on this week's That's News to Me. Uh, what we're going to be doing, again... As always, we're going to go to Buster and see what we've actually learned about this week. I think, I think from my side, what I've learned is, is don't just randomly set off torpedoes, whether they're armed or unarmed. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I've learned about. That, yeah, that's a great lesson. If you're if you're thinking sitting at home, if you're thinking about surprising your friends with a like impromptu torpedo demonstration, don't do it. You got to plan this stuff in advance. You know, have a safe word, be prepared. You know, put some. Uh, waterproofs down and stuff you know like get yeah don't just don't just surprise someone with a torpedo demonstration people don't like it you know there's being spontaneous and there's being a dick (laughs) yeah and uh guys if you'd like to be part of the podcast and you know where we're at send us over all of your stories to at that's news to me pod on instagram and whilst you're there might as well follow us and get your daily dose of good news in with that as well and in the meantime, I'll see you in a semite. Gan Cali, peeps. Right, the peeps bit. <laughs>